Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Laurie Rose, the two-time winner, takes the lead from Faulkner. That's the way they finish the first lap. about it stick it on and send him out what this has blown it for Irvine blown it for Ferrari I don't know what's happened welcome to another episode of pit lane parlay f1 edition I am your host Mike Jokum Matt is stuck with me once again for another week we'll talk some Austrian Grand Prix and whatever else might come up so a little bit more of a an interesting race this past weekend Matt what you think of the weekend as a whole in round two at Austria? It was okay. There seems to be more to talk about after this one, which as content creators is good for us. Yeah. I think the cosmic sized beatdown that Verstappen gave both weekends makes the race a little less interesting. But there's still plenty of storylines to go out throughout throughout the field. Um, I don't know if you have a lot to add to the whole Verstappen beatdown. <laughs> yeah, for saying beatdown, I'm going to have to give you a five-second penalty. Okay. About, don't worry, we're going to talk about that. But Yeah, that's all I've got. Oh, all right, well, let's get to it. Three five-second penalties handed out for drivers racing hard and and forcing one another off the track. Lando Norris forced Perez off the track in turn four, and that put Perez down to like P10. Norris kept going. That was on the restart on lap four, I think. And then Perez got it twice for forcing Leclerc off turns four and five, or four and six. I get confused by layouts. So... 10 seconds worth of penalties for Perez, which actually handed P5 to Carlos Sainz. And there seems to be a lot of debate going on in the social media world. So where do you sit on if these penalties are fair or is it over-stewarding? So I do want to start out by saying I appreciate the fact that the FIA was consistent. (laughs) <laughs> in that everything was a penalty. And that's what I've probably said that more times than not is if you're going to call it consistent one way or another, that's fine with me. Just call it consistent. I thought land. I, I don't know where Perez really had room there to make a pass. So I didn't necessarily agree with the Lando penalty. He defended him hard, but he wasn't dirty. The first Perez penalty where he kind of, 
put his front wheel a little bit into Leclerc, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I could see that one. And the the second Perez, was he the other other penalty when he got another penalty for blocking, or was that somebody else? The third the third one you're talking about, I can't remember now. So he, one was he forced to clear off, and then the next he forced to clear off. Yeah, I don't. The third one's not coming to mind, but I I I don't. I don't like the penalty. I, I, I think in in these cases the first the first Perez penalty, yeah, uh, it was, it's a bit it's a bit much. He made contact where where he didn't really need to, but Lando the penalty I did not agree with. I agreed with all of them, and I know that's not a popular opinion because the adage that the go to line that like Paul DeResta was saying or Juan Montoya or whoever is that. You know, they want the drivers to be able to race. So, therefore, these kinds of things are going to happen. And I do appreciate the fact that in close racing, there are going to be situations where this does happen. But to me, the definition of close racing is not slamming the door on the car right next to you on corner exit and giving them no choice but to either crash or go to the sand. To me, that's not close racing. To me, that's kind of racing like an asshole. And... In my opinion, I would rather see both drivers try to get through the corner respectfully and make it out the other side and see who gets the advantage based on speed, corner exit speed, etc. Not, oh, I'm going to open up the wheel on corner exit and just kind of shove you off. Because Norris not only did that in turn one, lap one on Perez, forced Perez way off the track. That one, Perez just had all the tarmac run off in the world, so it wasn't really a big deal. Leclerc did it to Norris at Bahrain. Norris didn't like it then. Norris did it to Perez three turns later. This time put him in the gravel trap. Again, that to me is not hard, fair racing. That's just being a little bit disrespectful. So, and if, and Massey also said that if it was just a tarmac runoff, everybody would probably just go about their day. Perez would have just fell back to fourth, call it good. But the fact that he goes into the gravel, he loses seven spots. That has to factor into the penalty a little bit. I mean, Perez's day is now ruined. He's not going to be able to climb back up to a podium position after that. So, to me, no. I don't think it's hard, fair racing to just kind of shove guys off the track. I think that needs to be regulated, and I appreciate the fact that the FIA is trying to clean that up because that's just – I thought it was a bit ridiculous and unkind by Perez twice and Norris once. I agree with the sentiment that – you know, unfair racing should be penalized. I don't think Norris was unfair. We're we're pro- we're going to disagree on that one, and that's that's okay. It's, there's opinions all over. It it was it particularly clean? No, I'm not going to say like it was. Oh, he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he 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 did him dirty, but I don't know if it was penalty worthy because there's just nowhere to you know, passing on the outside in that corner is next to impossible and. Perez had a good exit, had a good exit speed coming, but uh, that one was tight. But we'll we'll move on from that one. And are there any other penalties we needed to talk about? Because there was like nineteen. Most yes. of them were. Yeah, you have to ahead. talk about Sonoda uh, messing up the pit entry twice. <laughs> Damn it, Yuki! I I don't know why is that one a penalty. I, I listen. I get it. Like you have to follow follow the rules. Or otherwise, it's a penalty. But literally, he had like a tire over. Like, can we can we get a little? I I, I guess 
if I'm asking for consistency, we have to call everything a penalty, so I should probably just shut up. But damn it, Yuki. Yeah, I yeah. It's it's kind of a hard it's a hard one to defend because it's just kind of silly if you ask I, me, but I want to defend it because it's silly and it's really dumb, but at the same time, it's a rule and if they're being consistent and penalizing what's in the rule book, I can't get mad at that. So like I'm I'm pretty much just at that point being uh I'm going against what I have already said. I'm losing the train of thought. What's in that drink? Gatorade. Is that Lexus? <laughs> yes, it is a Lexus Racing Yeti. All right, Lexus 2 Formula 1 confirmed. All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> what else happened in the race? Hang on, let me uh, pull up my notes here. Your boy Esteban has not recovered since signing his contract. No, <laughs> no. I mean, you can't blame this one on him. You can blame qualifying on him and putting himself in that position, but we've seen the first sector of Austria end people's days two races in a row now. For, you know, first the first race Gasly and this week Ocon because he just was in the wrong spot and somebody clipped his his front suspension. But Rowe hasn't shown any bit of speed since he uh, he signed that three year deal, so he's probably. Uh, you know, right now he's not too stressed. He's probably you know drinking a martini and and sitting on a beach somewhere and laughing at, uh, laughing at us for making fun of him. Oh yeah, is he? All right. Well then, um, just wanted to get also your quick take on Danny Rick and if it's becoming harder to defend him. No, I, he 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 turned it around race day. So I, you know, it it is what it is. I don't think he had a good weekend until the race, but. That's when the results count. He put together a, a pretty good race, so I'm I'm gonna say no. I don't think it's becoming harder to defend him yet. But he's it's borderline. It's definitely getting borderline. I mean, when Lando's up there fighting for podiums. Oh, I'm not or, I'm not disagreeing that Lando has what what did team pit lane member Denevsky say, this Christian Denevsky say, mopping the floor with Ricardo? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty accurate, but I think that Ricardo has more in him still. I was supposed to say something like disrespectful, but I might as well just say like a goddamn bludgeoning or something instead. It's it's becoming bad. It's becoming one of the more lopsided driver matchups in the in the series. So yeah, I think Mazepin finished last out of the cars that were running. Shocking. Vettel and Raikkonen hit each other on the last lap. Yeah, that was wild. I haven't, so I admittedly, I have not seen a good replay of that because I was in Ohio for IndyCar, obviously, driving back, and then as soon as I woke up yesterday, I drove to the beach to see my family. So I haven't seen a replay, but it had to be bad that because Raikkonen got a, what did he get, a 20-second time penalty at the end there? Shut up. He didn't, did he? I'm pretty sure he did. That's harsh. Okay, so my synopsis is that the first replay I saw was a Vettel's on board. Yeah. And his uh, his hands don't move, and he kind of looks like he's following the white line on the outside. So in my opinion, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, what's, what did Raikkonen just do to the guy? But then I watch – or maybe, sorry, Vettel might have been on the inside. But then I watch the replay from behind that shows kind of where both cars are positioned, and it kind of just looks like a racing incident. 
I don't think one driver acted maliciously in that. So if Raikkonen really did get a 20-second penalty, I think that's extremely yeah. harsh. 20-second time penalty and two penalty points. That's extremely harsh. I also know that McLaren's freaking out because Norris's five-second deal means he's on the brink of being banned for a race. Are teams, are teams allowed to uh, replace a driver if they're banned, or do they just have to sit that car out? I think they just have to sit the. No, I think you get replaced because I'm pretty sure is that's how Pato drove for our buddy Ragunathan in 2019 was during his one race ban. The only time that I can remember a driver getting banned was Grosjean after Belgium 2012 and Jerome D'Ambrosio raced the next race at Monza. But that was a long time ago. I don't know how much has changed since then. If that's because I don't even think they had penalty points back then. I think they just banned him because they were sick of his first lap nonsense. I'm gonna have to look into that. So I I believe it's you know a a period of 12 months. So you know looking at, at Lando, he's got one. He's got a f- five points that I'm sorry, two points that come off in about another week. So they sh- he'll lose a few points from the 10 he's got right now. Well, good thing uh, other drivers in the field are going to give us <laughs> maybe a ban one day. Yeah. Yeah, and then I guess the last one we could comment on was uh, Russell losing out to Alonzo right at the end. Uh, he gets deprived of his point. You have to feel for him, but also the people online saying, why did Alonso have to pass him? Obviously aren't the type of race fans that I ever want to talk to because I don't care if you're Fernando Alonso or Kimi Raikkonen or somebody who deserves to get an F1 point and and a, and a better car than the current Williams car than George Russell, but you have to earn it. Yeah, I mean, I was in our racing league last night, which Wikipedia has confirmed is one billionth as relevant as formula one i was having a rough day and on the last lap i was p11 and the guy in front of me alan stewart was p10 alan has never scored a point in our league and part of my mind was like you know should i just kind of sit here and just kind of let him have it because you know that'd be make for a fun story or should i send it on him on the last lap and take out my frustrations on what was a pretty brutal race for me and i'm like well this is for fun Ah, f*** it. So I just <laughs> I went for it. I didn't get it, and I did not wreck him. But I did try my, you know, damnest to get around him because it's like, you know, what is the point of this? Is it to frolic in the meadows or is it to, you know, race? And, you know, he held me off, which I think actually makes for a better story. If I just kind of parked it, I don't know if that would have been as enjoyable for him. But he held me off. So Yay, Alan. I, yeah, good job, Alan. So it's kind of the same situation here, like, you know. I don't think Alonzo owes it to anybody to just kind of park it, you know? He's paid to race. He, that point could be really pivotal for Alpine at some point against Aston Martin or whoever. So, yeah, he's got to go for it. That's kind of his job. Yeah. All right, let's get to let's get to the uh, predictions here. I had Charles Leclerc doing good, P8. You had Pierre Gasly doing good, P9. So that was Even. decent. I call Clara maybe a little underperforming as far as good quote unquote bad I had Norris P3 now hear me out it was semi bad because he should have been P2 
I'm rolling my eyes for those who can't see it right now. His theoretical window was P2, and he failed to get that. Therefore, it was not as great as it could have been for him. I'm not. Go on. All right, well, you get Sebastian Vettel, and he had a fairly decent race going up until the last lap, so I'm not but sure. But he was out say. of the points. He was, but he was also ahead of his teammate. Who was also out of the points. I'm rolling my eyes again at you. This is the worst. Your defense here is All right, awful. well, defend this. I had George Russell for my top ten again. Yeah, and he didn't make it. When you had Daniel Ricciardo. Who did? Uh, I don't have to defend it. I was right. I know. I'm sorry. I, I wanted you to be right again. Yes, but congrats. I was right. your, uh, your McLaren pick be my Williams pick. I am so proud of you at this exact moment. This is the well, most proud I've ever been of any prediction you've ever made. You know, you have to take the wins where you can get them when you're me. I would say you sound like a Philly fan. Yeah. <laughs> and as he sips his Lexus cup again, I swear there's rum in that. Q1 him. elimination, you had your boy Ricardo, who you have a lot of faith in, but apparently don't think he can qualify. Uh, but he I did make it out of right. Q1. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I had Ricardo. Oh, you were almost right. I know. And I, I'm still on the Ricardo to IndyCar bandwagon, but we'll see if that happens. And then you had Alonso, which is like your weekly Q1 elimination <laughs> pick. <laughs> so... I think the the folks at home, though, know what question's coming next because we've had a week to think about it. It's been on the minds of literally two people. What is your mock toy that you're going to get me? Oh, a, I'm so sorry. Uh, let's let's go through our driver of the day. Let me pull it oh, back come up. Come on. I, I, I have I it gave you a whole favorites. week. You act like you just drove some millions of hours to a race and then back. But Go you had a. Well, I have, did did Frenchy drive? No, not at all. I I actually Wait, you do drove? have. Yes, I did all the driving. Oh, so not only did was he trapped in a car with you, but he had to watch you drive. I have no words to that. I'm just going to let you. Okay, I've, I've got your gift ready. Oh yeah, go ahead. So since uh, if 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 everybody goes to our YouTube, Matt put a. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. 
Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run, where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. A when he lost the bet and had to eat the chunk of blue cheese and ended up liking it. Well, Matt, there is a cookbook available on Amazon called 300, The 300 Blue Cheese Recipes, the best blue cheese cookbook ever for beginners. So somebody like you who is beginner with blue cheese, you can make dipping sauces, cheese balls, salad dressings, macaroni and cheese, and more. They have a Kindle edition or a paperback edition. I'll get you both because I'm, I really want to make sure that you have 300 different blue cheese recipes, and it is by Miss Ingredient. So, or Mrs. Ingredient, I can't read here. So, nonetheless, that is your mock gift of the weekend. I'd hate to be Christmas at your household. I said toy. Well, I, you get what you get. You can give me like a styrofoam blue cheese crumble. <laughs> I'm going to have to make one of those. All right, who's your driver of the day? I'm going with, looking at the list here again. Let's go slightly off the board here. Where did, I'm going to go Daniel Ricardo. Pretty much had a miserable, miserable weekend. Came, started 14th or 15th and crawled back to P7, was sixth for a little while, I think, before Perez got him. But anyway, good race by Ricardo to get some solid points and maybe get a little confidence going as we head into Silverstone next weekend. He's like the guy in the marathon that should be doing really good, but then kind of starts the race mid-pack, and everybody expects him to kind of be up there, and then he kind of just finishes in a decent midfield spot. To me, that I, I am I am losing hope in Ricardo. Angry old guy screaming at the clouds. You, as we have confirmed in this podcast, are much older than I am. Fact. So fact. I uh, I don't want to hear it. I am going to go with. Oh God, I, there's just not a single one of these like stands out. I mean, <laughs> signs. Uh, signs had another decent day. Both I mean, obviously Max Verstappen had the best drive by far. Uh, I could just give it to him. I mean, if you look at it, you know, double points. Should should not be a thing, and they tried that one year in 2014, I think. Yeah. But I think one of the consequences of doing this two races at one track thing is what we just saw, and if I'm Lewis, I'm a little salty because now Verstappen just got 50 points in two races Aww, at the same feels, track. feels so bad for him. I mean, I don't, but I could okay. see where an argument could be made that that's sure. kind of nonsensical. Same thing in IndyCar when they did you know, the Toronto, Houston, and Detroit you know, six times in a season to <laughs> artificially inflate road course pointage is kind of nonsense. But, yeah, I don't like the whole doubleheader at 
tracks things. I think it's kind of stupid. But Verstappen did a great job with the circumstances. Perfect segue into the fact that Australia has been canceled. I know we had talked in... Australia was canceled. I think we talked in February that we were hopeful that since they gave themselves so much time to figure it out, that they would be okay. Well, they didn't figure it out. So that sucks. I think uh, we were kind of reading up on it today. Vaccine rollout's been slow. They're continuing to roll back on the amount of flights that are incoming into the country. I'm assuming quarantining is still a yes uh, practice of theirs if you arrive to the country. Um, so we don't need to dwell too much on that. But now, again, there's another spot for a venue. So are we going to see a new venue or are we just going to see the like Coda go to two or something like that. So I would love to see a new venue, but I feel like it, the most logical thing given the lack of time to prepare is a double header, whether that be Coda or Mexico at Mexico. I'd be happy with Mexico as a double header, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I can't see, given that there's only a few months until Australia was supposed to happen, it just doesn't make sense. Probably t- probably too tough to find another track unless they go to, you know, something like Mugello. But, again, I don't, I'm not looking at the schedule right now in front of me, so I don't know if logistically that would make sense. Yeah, my hope is secure short or whatever secure outer ring at Bahrain, but Oh yeah, yeah, good one. I bet it'll be not anything close to that fun. So anyways, back to Austria. Who was your disappointment of the race? Disappointment. Again, there's not really too many to choose from, but I'm gonna go with Lance Stroll was kind of like Mr. Invisible all weekend and finished 13th a lap down, made it to Q2 and qualifying, but I think stuck there. So, yeah, it just kind of had a boring weekend. It I want I listen, I wanted to pick Ocon, but he the incident was not necessarily his fault, so I'm going to stay away from that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Antonio Giovinazzi. So, like, on paper, 14th doesn't seem terrible, but, you know, Raikkonen and Vettel were both running ahead of him into that last lap, so he was actually a theoretical 16th and didn't really have – I mean, he did get spun in the first race. We kind of missed that last week. And this week he was involved in the Ocon contact, but I don't think that impacted his race at all. It was pretty minor contact. And he just kind of seemed off pace to Kimmy all weekend and then last weekend too. So not the best for a guy that I rate very highly uh, compared to his teammates. So hopefully he can turn it around here soon. I got one more topic. And then if you have anything after that. Yeah, go ahead. There is the engine debate is starting to heat up for the yeah. regulation change. That was my coming topic. 2025. Well, so there obviously is the black and white debate of, you know, should it be more electric? Should it be less electric? Should they use more synthetic, high-powered, renewable fuel? Should there be, you know, 
more ERS, more this and that, etc. More engine changes allowed. Should they be louder, more horsepower, more torque, all that stuff. But I think the faceted debate within that, of course, just happens to be Christian Horner versus Total Wolf. Because Total Wolf basically said coming out of the summit that it looks like they're going to be coming more electric as they go forward. And Christian Horner comes out and says, ah, it's a lot of rubbish. We need to make them louder and faster and more horsepower, blah, 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 because that's what the fans want. So I don't know about you. I chuckled at the fact that this suddenly became like a Horner versus Wolf thing per usual. Of course. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, what's a what's another debate? I bet they probably have thoughts about Uncrustables. I bet somehow Total Wolf is like a shareholder at Smuckers. <laughs> but uh so what is your did you did you laugh at all about the whole horner versus wolf thing that's kind of come from this and what are your thoughts about the latest developments in the possible engine routes they can take yeah i think maybe in the summer break we can dive deeper into renewable or e-fuels i think they're called and and whatnot it's kind of an interesting topic I don't know what the right route is. I am okay if it's a more electric-based engine. I think if they get rid of the MGU-H component, they can make it more electric somehow and whatnot. I'm all for that. I think that's pretty much the way of the future with governments banning combustion cars, certain governments banning combustion cars. Obviously, it's a it's a big deal. My one request, and I'm sure you would agree is just to make them sound good again. Yeah. I mean, for me, I could care less about the technology that goes into it or what component is added or removed because, you know, there are people on the Internet who spend hours talking about that kind of stuff, and it just goes in one ear and out the other for me because I don't really care. The The two things I care about is, one, that it sounds epic, and two, that they are fast. And so right now, I don't think we could argue that the engines are slow by any means because cars are as fast as they've ever been, but that, you know, there's a lot of aero that goes into that too and other parts of the car, not just the engine, but the engine has to power the beast. So right now they're definitely fast, so you can't argue that, but they sound horrendous. They, they I don't think any, I don't think anybody in like 10 years is going to be reposting engine sound like they do with the V10 engines that yeah. they do nowadays. There's, there's not going to be a devoted V6 engine account that has 100,000 followers on Instagram. I can almost bet that. So I don't think anybody's going to be yearning for the years of the V6s. But, yeah. I, like I so said, I don't care where this goes as long as the manufacturers remain happy and invested in the sport. As long as they're fast, as long as they sound better slash amazing – I'm all for it. Yeah, I I do agree with you in general. I find some of the new technology interesting. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert on it or anything, so you know, I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, I don't r- I really have anything else. But for those who are into the gaming world, the F1 21 game comes out in like 10 days from now. If you pre-order the deluxe edition, it's... Next week, I believe. Next so Wednesday or if Thursday. You, if you have the deluxe edition, it's Tuesday next week. Tuesday, okay. 
And if at least on Xbox, if you pre-order, it is ten percent off. So I think it was yeah. seventy-five dollars, ten percent off of that. But then with tax, kind of brought you back up to that, anyways. But you yep. still save some money. So I, I pre-ordered my Xbox copy this morning. Uh, yeah, this morning. You're gonna be in our league. That's so fun. Yeah. So check it out. I might do some. Maybe maybe I'll venture into the YouTube gaming world because I really enjoy the F1 game and I'm really enjoying my new Xbox by the way. Oh sweet. You'll love to see it. Should have so, been Team Xbox a while ago. You know, everything happens for a reason. And I think on that poetic note, guys, have a good weekend. The only racing this weekend I think is Formula E, so New York's New York City if you are interested in watching i'm gonna take a weekend off and do some relaxing so everybody have a lovely weekend and we'll be back next week to preview silverstone and sprint qualifying hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.